0: Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Keel Thor. What you're listening, or perhaps watching... Is The Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News, where we bring you new stories, quality information from around the globe that show you <laughs> <the clown laughs> You've been at a practice mate. <laughs> in which we live. With me tonight are two lovely uh, ladies from the unknowns, uh, a woman of high sophistication, Ashley, think, change, repeat, and a true Sheila from the land down under, StellaQ. Hello.
1: Hello. And day From the g'day future.
2: to you as well. Which I'm even more future? in the
1: future now, because I'm another hour in the future now, because of daylight oh, that's saving. Right.
2: Hit yes, like yeah. a hydrogen bomb. I'm still hmm. waiting on my lottery tickets, on my numbers. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, that's tell a, me about like, it. Because she should know them ahead now. of time. I'm waiting for my Kiwi friend in New Zealand. I'll pass it on when I get them.
0: That's the, hey. the starting line, isn't it, in New Zealand? Or one I of believe islands so.
1: There? One of the islands, I think, a little bit to the right of New Zealand. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think it is, uh, like New Caledonia area or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's worth a look up. Hey, Stella.
2: <laughs> yes? Do, um, when you say good day to us and I say day, mate, is that <laughs> cultural... Appropriation is that offensive to Australians? <laughs> it's
1: pretty hard to <laughs> offend Australians. Um, what no. if she said it <laughs>
0: mockingly?
2: Like, I, don't day, it, <laughs> I don't say it. I don't say it mockingly. I say it because I don't have a fucking Australian accent, and it's it's actually quite hard to replicate. Keel. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you've got All to be right, a, right. a little bit lazier when you talk because you tend to – well, people tend to say, good day, mate. Good day. Good day, mate. So it's like, good day.
2: Good day.
0: Mate.
1: Good day. Good day. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're you getting can't. there. Just bring that little gap where the apostrophe is. Just bring that gap a little bit closer together. <laughs> good day.
0: Good day.
3: Speaking yeah, that's pretty good. Of... <laughs> Speaking,
2: Speaking
3: of, show.
0: of, of uh, <laughs> really great Australian accents, Stella, you have a story about some Australian things, don't you?
1: Very Australian things, the first one particularly. Um, might just bring the video straight up and go into it because um, it's fairly self-explanatory and we can discuss afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's not very long. I think it's only about four minutes and you could stick it on 1.25 or something. It still makes sense. If you like.
2: Yeah, you bet. Give me one sec to change that, um, the play speed for that to 1.25. Sorry to
1: throw that on you at the last minute.
2: Hey, no no workers, as they say, if I'm allowed to say that.
1: You Um, are certainly allowed to say that. Nobody has trademarked (laughs) it, as far as I know.
4: (laughs) Perfect. Okay, here we go. It's a dollar. ...hypocrisy of the Albanese government's environment minister, Tanya Plebisek. Now, you may remember back in February, Plebisek knocked back Clive Palmer's central Queensland coal mine application. Now, she celebrated her decision, telling the media that if you want your kids and grandkids, To be able to see koalas in the wild, we have to change what we're doing because in New South Wales, she said, we're on a trajectory to no koalas by 2050. And yet we find out now that same month, a review found Plebisec's department had 140 koala-killing projects under consideration, 29 of them for renewables. For instance, late last year, Plebisec approved a wind turbine development at Lotus Creek in central Queensland that requires the bulldozing of old-growth forest including 341 hectares of known koala habitat, an area well known by renowned natural photographer, Stephen Nowakowski, who joins me now. Stephen, thank you for your time. This is such an important issue. Tell us about the Lotus Creek Wind Farm and why you're so concerned about it.
5: Yeah, well, the Lotus Creek uh, site is it's a quite a remote area. It's halfway between uh, Mackay, and, uh, uh, Mackay and Rockhampton. Um, it's directly west of the, the coastal communities of St Lawrence. And it's a high elevation area, about 400 metres above sea level. You can see the imagery there. It's a place of, uh, of it's a wild landscape. Uh, it's quite a cool uh, temperature because of its high elevation. And it's a place that's never been altered. Um, it's a place where time has forgot has forgotten. Um, it hasn't been cleared, it hasn't been modified, it hasn't been used for intensive agriculture, it hasn't been industrialised. So it's a place where wildlife has, has existed. Um, and continues to exist. And the, the diversity there is completely off the charts. It's the highest number of koalas I've ever seen anywhere in Australia. And the greater gliders there are just uh, incredible. Um, so for example, I was there last week and counted 10 greater gliders within about three or four hectares, and three koalas, two were female, with um, females' mothers with cubs on their back. So it's a, it's a really special place. And in actual fact, it should be the Great Koala National Park of Queensland. Yes.
4: So, so, so what reaction do you have then um, that a lot of these old growth forests, I mean, hundreds of hectares will be felled uh, and, and wind turbines will go up and these turbines, if they're lucky, a Siemens report from Germany says they'll have a shelf life of about 15 years, but will degrade what you've just told us there so beautifully is these incredibly special landscapes that have been there untouched for, for a millennia.
5: Yeah, well, that's right. So there's actually 89 of these projects in the pipeline in Queensland. And the Queensland Energy and Jobs Plan um, quite clearly say that to to increase production to 10 gigawatt would need 600,000 hectares of land. Um, But that that would need to be doubled because of the low capacity factor of renewable energy. So looking at least 1.2 million hectares of land, the issue that we're having is the issue is that these wind farms need to go onto the high elevation ridges, the mountaintops, the rock pavement areas, the places that have escaped Um, the clearing in the past, over the last many decades. So it's a place of refugia where wildlife has existed. Um, And it's those areas that have been targeted by the wind industry. And in the absence of any planning by the state government, and the absence of any environmental um, guidelines, so for example, the State Code 23 for wind farms in Queensland, it actually thinks that wind farms are exempt from the Vegetation Management Act and the Nature Conservation Act. So these wind farm industries are going into these really remote wild places um, with, with, um, with no checks and balances, no compliance, no nothing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, like I said, Lotus Creek, uh, the bulldozers will be there any day now to smash up that over 300 hectares of koala habitat um, and uh, destroy what is worthy of a national park. You know, it has the integrity of a national park. So the hypocrisy of Plebisek, who last year said that that she will see she she'll her ambition is to see no species become extinct under her watch is highly unlikely to occur if all of these wind and solar projects proceed um
4: oh, look, it's, it's that'll, that'll probably because do the issue of...
1: or you can pause it we might be able to get back to it i'm not sure but
0: uh,
4: what can you a say?
1: racket
0: i mean all you got to do it's so upsetting it really is you, you hide behind you know energy like uh carbon neutral energy whatever and as an excuse to you know a strip mine uh, the side of a mountain really that's what they're doing right they're gonna they're gonna clear all that forest out put up wind turbines and then you know maybe a couple of years down the road oh yeah we found cobalt underneath the ground here what a coincidence you know yeah
1: yep and um you know that's all about saving the planet isn't it
0: yeah kind of- <laughs>
1: Can can everyone not see this hypocrisy? What the hell? How how can this be going ahead?
0: There, well, there's uh, no money in wind turbines. It's all a there big is for camp. a select few, a very select yeah, few. The people who get the subsidies and whatever, I guess. Yes, but, that's right. I mean, it's it's just a big racket. It's a huge and,
6: racket.
0: You know, I always like to say, you know, uh, the government shouldn't own any land. It should all be privately owned. Um, and I don't know who owns that land. I'm assuming it's the Australian authorities. That's why the corporations are allowed to, to you know, do so what they're they about do to do. The but... government
1: tells them they can do. I mean, this yeah. is all government-led anyway, with the whole carbon emission green crap agenda. Oh, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm absolutely boiling and seething because that's – I mean, I'm so, listeners can't see what we just saw, but um, it's such beautiful area. And as was pointed out, uh, some of it is refuge because it is very inaccessible. And the amount of, the concentration of wildlife in there would be so rich.
0: Mm. (laughs) Isn't there any other barren, windy patch of land on Australia? Surely there are millions of hectares of, you know, outback that you can put a wind farm on that's not going to, wipe out giant sections of old growth forest right
1: you are making far too much sense for this stop I mean, it
0: come on i know look if for, if for no other argument that one right there should be yeah. enough for people to, to you know chain themselves to the trees and
2: uh. yes yeah. i mean <laughs> so tempting
0: to go out and do that
2: yeah it's gonna i hope that people will see this and will take some sort of drastic action and honestly like i have very very authoritarian ideas for how these politicians should be treated uh the very best for even suggesting it they should be put in prison for the rest of their life like that is it i would is,
1: definitely go along with that
2: it's beyond the pale you know, um, and as Cella has said many times and explained m- many times through our shows, what a scam, the carbon neutral, the wind turbine nonsense is. Um, that's that's and- the hardest
1: part. That's the hardest yeah. part to swallow because we know it's bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say that in the family show, but I'm so angry about this. It is. It is. It's, if it made a difference, it still wouldn't be acceptable. But the worst, I'm sorry to interject there, the, the worst part is that it doesn't do anything and it's worse for the planet. That's the that's the worst part. How could this possibly be good? I mean, it's one thing to take down millions of trees like friggin' Gates, Miss Gates is doing, but it's another thing to destroy the wildlife that's, you know, got little pockets left after the huge fires we had and all that sort of thing. I mean, the koala numbers were decimated along with everything else. And the, here's a few. I mean, it, it's not just this. It's logging as well. It's still going ahead. There's old growth forest being logging. And I know there's people out there who might not agree with, you know, putting the – there's a the logging industry. I understand there's families that live off that. But, you know, <laughs> we've got to be responsible in a responsible way, you know. Like not this stupid green crap they're feeding us. Meanwhile, we're losing what they're claiming to be saving. It's, it's insane. No, it is. It.
2: And it almost, um, you know, I know we talk about this a lot, but like the humiliation ritual, a ritual that they're doing. I mean, it's sacrifice. It's sacrificing something precious, something that matters. Koalas in Australia, that's special. And maybe that's why she even has the audacity to suggest such a thing is because that's part of the plan.
1: She's the same one that came down to Tasmania and, you know, did that bs dinner meeting with she ended up just meeting having dinner with mining people and stuff you know that instead of with bob brown the environment guy um who was trying to point out that it was going to decimate a certain area down there that was very fragile with owls and things
2: yeah i remember you know
1: yeah north uh northwest coast of tasmania and um the koalas have had a hard time not only the bush bushfires etc but they they have been um They've been, they've had chlamydia issues for years and years and years. It was really, really bad. Um, it was, yeah, it was almost wiped them. Like so many of them had it. Um, so there's been all sorts of, you know, recovery programs to try to help them with that. And then there's the logging and, you know, it just goes on and on. They're poor little things They're up against it. And now these people who want to save the freaking planet are going to come and decimate a few more yep. along with all their buddies, like the gliders and the, you know, all the other drop bears and stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. The drop. I mean, if, if there's a lot of drop bears in that, that area, they probably ought to bulldoze it. because those things are scary as fuck.
1: Well, they, hopefully they'll turn on the bulldozer drivers and just drop into their cabin. Yep. And, their
0: window and maul
1: their Take face. Take right?
2: business.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: No, look, I'm, I'm sorry to be on my soapbox there, but, uh, it's just a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And, uh, I just can't see how this could be happening. Oh, yes, I can.
2: It's it's upsetting. (laughs) It's nefarious and 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 horrible. You you know, it causes a feeling of helplessness because you see, like, in the video, I know that if you're just listening, you couldn't see this, but this woman was walking into a room and people were fawning over her. They wanted Mm -hmm. to kiss her. They wanted to hold her hand. They wanted to hug her. That is the... I
1: don't know how recent that was.
2: (laughs) the celebrity, the brainwashing that people have had that they think these people are on their side.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's the nature of politics. I think it's been that way for, for decades, at least decades. I mean, I don't know if there was ever a time even in our country when politicians were really trying to do, you know, trying to uphold the constitution or whatever they agree to when they get the job. But, It's all just partisan politics and it's worse now, at least, than it ever has been, as far as I can tell.
1: They're just running a business and, you know, you don't make, you don't run a good business with emotion. Okay. So that's just a a rule. So that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're running a business with no emotion whatsoever. It's just, uh, anyway, so that's that's the joys of what's happening in the, the green area of Australia. Uh, great point. Yeah. Why aren't they putting those wind things, if they have to, into the huge, vast, arid... I mean, I'm not saying that, that that's got wildlife in it as well, of course, but yeah, it's a but
0: little bit less decimation, I think. You can You can flatten some rocks instead of trees, and you're not going to have as big of an impact, <laughs> I would think, you know, right? Yeah, well, the desert's not quite just all sand and rocks.
1: I mean, there is plenty of bush and yeah, you know, that vegetation. Kind of scrub and, yeah whatever but anyway it's all just it shouldn't be happening none of it should be happening anyway really yeah and they should lift the moratorium on uh, nuclear
0: oh yeah that's the answer right there you get you get, <laughs> a, you get a, a lefty liberal who's screaming about energy green energy and you say nuclear power to them they will lose their shit yep. because they don't they don't want that they just want the, the green communism. That's all they want.
1: Yep. They don't want solutions. I just want to sit there and whinge and scream
0: and make yeah. money. So speaking of, of scrubby politicians, uh, Ashley, you've got a story about one such individual.
2: I do. So um, bear with me, guys, while I just give you a few bullet points here. <laughs>
0: Now, this happened, what, today?
2: Just today. This is hot off the presses, okay? So, and uh, the the information, of course, is going to be in the show notes, but just to give you a heads up, it's the Daily Mail. I'm going off of what they're saying. Now, I feel like the Daily Mail is kind of like Sky News, meaning they do say some good things sometimes, but there's also weird things that they throw in there. And there's a couple of those in this story. So the story is that Kevin McCarthy is the first speaker in history to be voted out by colleagues. So Kevin McCarthy is a Republican speaker in the house of representatives. And most of you probably remember when there was a big to do about Republicans voting on who was going to be house speaker and the, um, the Congress critter, Matt Gates was standing in the way of sort of uh, confirming Kevin McCarthy. So that was several months ago, and eventually he did bend the knee, and on we go. Kevin McCarthy is now Speaker of the House. So we had just been dealing with, here in the States, the potential government shutdown, and um, where they were going back and forth over funding and the the government was gonna shut down and they were using this as like a fear-mongering tool. It's happened several times in the last several years and guess what, literally everything is fine. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal and we're probably better off for it. But so this was sort of what it was over. Um, So here we go. He will not run again in a move that quote, stunned his allies. The last time Congress tried to evict its speaker was in 1910, and that failed. The drama unfolded after Matt Gaetz introduced his motion to kick McCarthy out on Monday night. Now, this is interesting. So Republican Nancy Mace of South Carolina, quote, stunned her colleagues by voting to boot McCarthy. Quote, it's not ideological. It's about having a leader in our nation who will tell the truth, who you can trust. I'm looking for a speaker who will tell the truth. In January, she tweeted that Gates was a fraud. So one of the interesting bullet points I thought, and not that I have a good explanation for it, but I just think that's really weird wording. I'm looking for a speaker who will tell the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. You're politicians. You never tell the truth about anything. You're liars. That's what you do. (laughs) So I think that's weird. Now, um the it's an oxymoron other, yes exactly the other Honest thing that politician. i think is interesting is that in this daily mail article this is being referred to as a civil war so i have a couple of thoughts on that another a oxymoron
1: war,
2: <laughs> a civil yeah a civil war within the republican party okay so i'm going to circle back to that it was um it was started over McCarthy's negotiation with the Democrats to avoid the government shutdown, as I mentioned. So it took eight members of the Republican Party and all of the Democrats. <laughs> um, and Patrick Henry of North Carolina will now serve as Speaker Pro Tem, meaning that is not going to be his permanent assignment, but it just will be until they decide on someone new. So to circle back, the I thought it was interesting that the Daily Mail laid the groundwork for the divide of the Republican Party, which I've been saying ever since we had this show that they are going after trying to fracture the Republican Party in an irreparable way. We're not there yet, but it is getting there because in with the introduction of Trump into the Republican sphere, you had never Trumpers such as Liz Cheney and her ilk, then you had people that they began calling, you know, like MAGA, like the MAGA Republicans, which are like the the Marjorie Taylor Greene people. Uh, The other weird thing is like Liz Cheney didn't object to Donald Trump because he was too much like a Democrat, right? Like she just held the the corporate press talking point about him being a criminal, him being a racist, that kind of stuff. But so I thought it was interesting that the Daily Mail dropped the Civil War reference because I think that these seeds have been being planted. And I think that's the goal is to fracture the conservatives. The reason that I think that is because the conservatives, even though I don't agree with them, we all know that, but that they are, if you're looking at the two-party paradigm, they are the ones that are standing in the way of a full progressive takeover. That's how it's being framed, right? They're also the people that are supposedly pro-gun, right? They're pro-Second Amendment. So that, the conservative movement and the Republican Party in the two-party paradigm is who is standing in the way of a total takeover here. So I think that they are and have been, especially since they pulled the rug out from um, Republicans over, it was obvious that Donald Trump won that election and that they, they pulled the old switcheroo there. So that was one thing. And then the other thing now is uh, further demoralization, further fracturing um, with what's happening here. Um, so I think that it is also interesting that the reason that Gates ended up going after McCarthy was because of his negotiation with the Democrats. And yet these eight Republicans were literally working with the Democrats to vote him out. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, That's, that's what I have on that. Whatever y'all have to say, but that's the, that's my bullet
0: points. So I have been following this so closely. And so you're saying he was kicked out because he's working with the Democrats to avoid the government shutdown. Out? Yes. And so now they're working with the Democrats to kick him out. The That's eight,
2: uh, the hateful eight, as they were referred to, uh, including Matt Gates, who was the, the holdout originally in naming McCarthy Speaker of the House to begin with. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they're calling him the hateful eight. And yes, the hateful eight are kicking him out because he negotiated with the Democrats and yet they voted with the Democrats to remove him the house. So the whole thing, or as house speaker, the whole thing doesn't make sense. So like if Democrats, if you have a Republican speaker that you can reach across party lines with, then why would you all be voting him out with the hateful eight with like the MAGA Republicans? It doesn't make
0: sense. I don't know because I don't know. That doesn't make any (laughs) sense. It really doesn't because I was going to say, oh, because they can put their own guy in place, but not if there's a majority Republican. uh, Correct. You yeah. can't do that.
1: Destabilization.
0: Jeez, can't really see part anything part?
1: else. And I mean, I don't really know the people, but that's all. That's what it says. It looks like from my view, anyway.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's further
1: just... destabilization, trying to yeah. rattle everything, bring down the house of cards, sort of. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that it is important to you know the plans that we discuss here. It's important to have conservatives at each other's throats. <laughs> Um, you don't yep, have that. I forgot that one. <laughs> yes, you don't have that with um, you know in the leftist paradigm, really. So there are a lot of people that may still have been sort of a, a middle of the road, you know, left of center Democrat, right? But you still don't have them calling out other members that are like super, super progressive. That just isn't really happening there.
1: Yeah, it just sounds like more hypocrisy and, yeah, division and destabilization, all those things, rattling the cage, whatever. don't really have much more to say. It's just continued hypocrisy everywhere you look and continued inversion as well. Nothing makes sense.
2: Exactly. Nothing makes sense. So you're saying you kicked the guy out because he was working with Democrats and then you worked with Democrats to kick him out. <laughs> and so- And probably most people that are – you know, involved in this, most people that are actually Republicans that actually believe in this charade, they, I don't know that they'll get that. Will they ever make that point? I have no idea.
0: Now is this hateful eight group are, do they have a strong enough influence in the Republican party that they're going to be able to put their own guy up there? Is that what their end goal is?
2: I don't I don't know. I think that I mean, they're going to have to have a majority uh, just in the same way that they did with Kevin McCarthy. So they're going to have to put somebody up there that the other people are willing to accept as their speaker as well.
0: Hmm. Well, I would say it'll be interesting to see this one play out, but I don't think it's going to be that interesting. (laughs)
2: It probably won't be. I think it's boring at this point, but I just think that it's just a furthering of, of yeah. the agenda.
0: It's just politics as usual. Yeah. You know, just bullshit.
4: Yeah. They're going to they're gonna
0: yeah. run, run it on CNN for a while and Fox News. I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to be stupid partisan crap that I won't pay any attention to at all. And then, you know, whatever they get around to it they'll announce a new speaker of the house and then i'll see that headline pop up for a minute and then that's about it
3: you know, but it I is,
0: it is it, i mean it's i don't know it's neat that they they kicked him out though that's kind of unprecedented isn't it so i don't know i don't what know they knew,
2: they knew who he was when they voted him in that was the whole thing with matt gates was holding out because they knew that you know he was He was not the guy. It's like real housewives of DC. Go ahead, Sel. Sorry.
1: Oh, hang on. Sorry. Um, I think it's sort of a bit of a ploy as well, maybe to, you know, create a bit of foof and everyone sort of looks and then it's like, Oh God. And then they kind of don't look. And then maybe that's around about the time they might slip in an act or something, you know, when everyone's kind of sick of looking and it's like, Oh yeah, whatever. Whatever they're doing. I don't know. It's uh, uh, it's not beyond them to do that.
2: Yeah. For sure. They do, they do this <laughs> they, they do it of here all the time. the time. It's a sleight yeah. of hand.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah, that. I be. mean, it's all multifaceted. Funny, that.
2: Yep. Multifaceted political theater that is uh, nonsense to distract people from, well, from, in my opinion, the very salient points that I just made.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, so, so dumb that you're mm. falling for it, but.
0: Clown world continues. Yeah, Clown I'm, world
4: continues.
0: I'm sure my parents are riveted watching Fox News about it right now. W- yeah, worry well, about what's going to happen with Republicans ma- in the house. Maybe,
2: maybe you can be a man on the ground uh, and find out, you know, what does a normie Republican think about all this and report back to us next week.
0: <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> 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 um all right. So that I've got an like uh what I have I've got a story, but it's it's gonna have passed by the time most of the people hear the show. I realized as we were going into this, so I can't kind of back out now. But uh tomorrow, that means Wednesday the fourth, they are they being the federal government's uh emergency alert system, which If you remember, it used to be called the emergency broadcast system and they would, every once in a while, you'd hear this annoying on your radio and TV back in the old days. And now they have it on your phone. So your phone's going to hit it. There's a, they're going to do a test tomorrow afternoon at 2.20 PM. And it's going to broadcast. They say it's a regularly scheduled emergency test broadcast. However, uh, there are rumors going around that there is a much deeper plot to this supposed test uh, that plot being that they are planning to activate a virus in everybody uh, called the I think it's called the Marbury virus uh, by, by by using the 5g radio signals that we're all enrobed in these days uh, will activate this virus in everybody who has been vaccinated by the COVID vaccine if you have not been <laughs> vaccinated then you probably aren't going to be uh, hit by this thing but that's what they say is going to happen now sorry what was the name of that thing Marbury did you say
2: I think it's Marburg Mar- Marburg yeah that's a oh you're kidding
1: Marburg that Marburg, was one of the COVID well, did you get you the Mar- Did you get the Marburg one over there?
2: No. no um, what the oh, my we association did? that oh. I have with Marburg is that there was um, an Irish guy who I don't remember his role. I think he had been working in a lab or something like that. And he said that the next phase was going to be the quote Marburg virus, but it actually is. a a separate entity from covid but a lot of people talked about it because they predicted that that would be like the next thing that they attacked us with
1: okay i hadn't heard that but we had we had a marburg go through australia apparently and i remember that because i looked it up and there's a place in queensland called marburg and i remember thinking oh but they're happy about that Hmm. so that's the only reason i'm sort of remembering it Mm. Yeah, it is very interesting. A Marburg virus. And now you're talking about a Marburg computer virus. No. Oh, you're not computer virus, not computer, but electronics, you know, not
0: as opposed to actual.
2: Like it would activate the actual actual virus in humans, right? Oh, right.
0: Okay. biological virus is supposed to be activated if you had received the COVID. Oh, uh, okay.
2: I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought
1: you meant a a virus on people's phones. Right. Wow.
0: Supposedly this disease causes something called hemorrhagic fever and is typically this, this uh, symptom is usually a result of prolonged exposure to mines or caves inhabited by Rosetta's bat colonies. So knew you were going to say that <laughs> the end result of, of this, you know, radio wave triggered uh disgusting virus is that anyone who gets infected with it is will turn into a zombie, and this will in <laughs> fact ignite the zombie apocalypse that we've all been waiting for for the past hundred years. It's going to happen They've tomorrow. Been predicting so, Hollywood for so long. They say if you turn off your cell phone tomorrow, probably you know you want to be ahead of the curve, so like two o'clock or so and wait for this thing to pass, then you should be okay. Now, by doing that, you'll probably just be one of the lone survivors wandering through the zombie apocalypse (laughs) wasteland afterwards. But at least you won't be a zombie yourself.
1: It's got a little bit of a Y2K ring about it, doesn't it?
0: It does. And that was absolutely true. So this has to be true, too. Because mm. they're telling you it is.
2: <laughs> okay, so I I did end up finding the video. Uh, the guy who I'm discussing, his name was Kieran Morrissey, um, an Irish guy, and he's talking about the Marburg pandemic. So I do have something that I can put in the notes, and it, it's like a little ten minute clip. If if uh, you want to check it out, but I also wanted to ask Stella in regards to this story, what have you heard? about this little emergency test and some of the other rumors surrounding it?
1: Um, not a whole lot, probably no more than you. Um, I don't Well, It's not happening in Australia as far as I know, but we've, you know, we have had in the last, oh, I don't know, I think it was probably about 18 months we've had, we had a couple of um, those national type things. Well, I don't know how national it was, probably just in an area, maybe. Uh, it was like, it came to the phone and it was about uh, somebody that the were, police were looking for. Like, you know, if you see this person, you know, you know, brown hair, tall, wearing jeans, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll keep the lookout. Um, but the thing, it was sort of weird because the message sort of didn't make sense because it trailed off like half sentence. It didn't finish the sentence and then we never got a follow-up with like the finish of the sentence or anything. It was very weird. And that was probably two in, I don't know, maybe maybe a month. So it was like they were testing some sort of system, but, um, yeah, didn't really hear much about it. So it's the only thing I can sort of assimilate.
2: And, and you also, uh, heard some rumors like stateside that some people are thinking this is going to be like installing some spyware or something like that.
1: Oh, I think I did hear some, there was some story about, um, not so much installing. I think it was more like taking information from the phone taking Uh yeah well everything i think it was i really sorry to be so vague i I was looking for the thing and i couldn't find it The article.
2: i just thought it was an interesting bullet point something for people to just know like there is a lot of uh kind of rumors and speculation that typically surrounds this kind of stuff and that was um you know one of the ones that we had chatted about that i thought was kind of interesting
1: well i mean like if people hear that there's going to be some zombie apocalypse and you know maybe they're going to Implode or something because they've had a shot. Think how much fear is out there right now. Yet another fear ploy. So, was there some sort of a, a fix to this? Was putting it somewhere yeah. the phone?
0: Turn your turn your phone off. I mean, if you had like a Faraday cage or something, you could probably put it inside mm. that and it might protect it from the the signal. But I mean, if if you're gonna if you're worried about the higher powers installing something on your phone then you probably shouldn't have a phone to begin with you know because you're not going <laughs> oh, to be able to take it out yeah. of the Faraday cage and it's immediately going to update itself so
1: well as far it's as, as i understand it, it there's updates and things that happen regularly without you knowing about it like oh, yeah. little, little fixes here and there always yeah. stuff um so was so you could put it in a microwave oven i believe yeah yeah was i amazing.
2: was gonna ask about that so turn it off Put it in the microwave, and that would act don't as a Faraday cage. Don't turn it on.
0: <laughs> turn <Although laughs> it on. Two minutes Turn it on. It might, uh, you know, fix a lot of things in your life if you don't have a cell phone. It certainly would.
2: So true.
0: <laughs> Not your kitchen, but the rest of it would be good.
2: So it would. So a microwave acts as a Faraday cage in that instance. I mean, I don't really Apparently know that so. much about it, but.
1: Well, you think you know, about what a microwave oven is. It has to be sealed, a sealed complete unit, so that nothing, you know, supposedly, well, it, allegedly, radioactive comes out. Yeah,
0: it probably would work that way. I'd have to. I wonder. If I have to test it. I wonder if I could. But um, I, I, I know microwaves are different from radio waves, and the wavelength has to be blocked one way or the other. So I don't know if you could say with a hundred percent. I couldn't hundred percent confidence that. The radio waves going in and out of your phone, the five G, wouldn't pass through the same uh, fencing that keeps microwaves inside of a microwave. Yeah,
1: right. Well, you could put the phone in the microwave, still turned on, and then get someone to call it and see if it. Yeah, yeah see if that works. Rings.
6: So
0: that would
1: be but, a test. Um, also, somebody else pointed out. I think it was in my other Australian group. Um, shout out, general. Um, who, if you've got Faraday bags material clothing whatever um, mm-hmm. don't don't fully rely on it because sometimes it's just scammy stuff so you sort of should probably test that as well test yeah. your bags I remember when I went to a, a recent event um, yeah you cut ca- you had to put your phone in a Faraday bag and they sealed it before you went into the venue and you there's no way you could open those bags and then when you come out you just had to find someone and there were plenty of them. Of these people holding these little sort of what looked like a little UFOy sort of thing, and that was what unlocked the bag. And then you put the bag into collection bins. And they were very, yeah, obviously very good designed.
0: Wow! Bring a bring a spare phone with you next time. Shove that one in the bag. <laughs> yeah. And <then> can... <laughs>
1: it's a bit hard to um, take photos and video without being seen, though, isn't it? <laughs> in a crowd with the the light going, and you know, whatever there'd be, happens, cameras everywhere. <laughs>
0: whatever happened to the google glass remember that they had it had cameras on it they've only just released that haven't they oh those have been around for years
2: years ago they had the google glass it was a set of glasses as describing. is describing but it was like ten thousand dollars which is how a lot of this stuff starts out right but i think that was almost a psyop just to get it to in people's brains that this yes. thing should exist, right? So then you have sort of the next iteration, the a little bit different, but it's the uh, the VR goggles, right? But these huge, bulky, and then back to probably what Stell is thinking about. I believe it might have even been just this week yeah, that Zuckerberg unveiled <laughs> a Meta Ray Ban collaboration of VR glasses, and they yeah. look like. Glasses. they yeah. do
1: they've yeah. just got like so the example was um a dude walking along on his phone you know but yada 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 i'm just going to switch over to my glasses now so then switches over and yeah basically can live stream what he's seeing so bye-bye privacy i mean there's nothing much left anyway but that's gonna be that's the end of privacy completely
2: yeah, And hello, you're out black in public mirror. you're free game yeah We're here black mirror yeah.
1: totally it's very freaky <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you know, and I know, mean, what, not I'm everybody scared. wants. Hmm?
2: I was just gonna say. So then, how long until the feature of like, oh, I see, <laughs> kill Thor. It recognizes your face, and then I have the option to like thumbs down you, and it affects your social credit score, and then you're not gonna be able to, you know, walk into Aldi or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
2: wouldn't exactly. be caught
0: dead in an Aldi. How dare you?
2: <laughs> <That's> an example. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? (laughs)
0: I'm
2: kidding. (laughs)
1: Now, now, children. Yeah, look, it's, I mean, they they just look normal, like normal Ray-Bans. So you're not going to know who's filming you. And the thing is like, you know, as is the case with many, many people, some people are you know, domestic violence victims or what have you, and they're uh, trying to escape and uh, don't want to be seen by the world. So um, that's not going to be good because if people are accidentally caught on video or what have you, because they're just maybe in the background of something that could be life-threatening in some ways.
2: 100%. It's so got, everyone's
1: going to have to go out with a disguise on if they don't want to get filmed.
0: Now That brings up an interesting point. Whatever happened to, People who get put in uh, witness relocation programs these days, they, they're on camera somewhere and say, and you're a, you're a, you know, billionaire mafioso guy. Yeah. You can afford to to hire, you know, software people that can scour video clips randomly and find people like that. That's gotta be a, yeah, that's gotta be a true. new wrinkle in that whole
2: so, situation. Probably in in that case, the solution may be extensive facial reconstruction.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just a lot more cosmetic surgery involved, I think. I mean, if you if it's that desperate that you're in a witness protection program, you're probably quite willing to go through all that.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of like wear a burka for the rest yeah, of your well, life. Well, that's uh. I mean, I don't know. I've never been in the witness protection program, as far as you know. So I'm you, know you just have you. it. <laughs> like i couldn't tell you what it's like but my imagination says that you know it's it's part of a deal you're getting with the feds and they're going to agree to relocate you somewhere it's always been you know we'll put you this place we'll give you a new identity but then you're kind of on your own you know they aren't going to station you know agents around your house and protect your family and stuff like that it's just we're going to give you a new identity if you you know um uh, you know uh be a witness for us and there you go so i i doubt that unless the the information they provide is really really juicy which i can't even imagine but i don't know why they would agree to do a bunch of re- reconstructive surgery on somebody also you know mm-hmm. is it really worth that sort of thing
1: probably not your everyday dude but maybe more diplomats yeah. and stuff so you generally Very move them everyday. to another country and stuff anyway so or like right up the other
0: end of Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I in the I know in the United States they they keep them in the US cuz uh, you know, you're going to stand out if you're in another country like that. True. It's a big place, though. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, I've never been there, so who knows. I'm
2: sure you haven't Keel.
0: <laughs> I, I <laughs> promise. I stand by that if statement. If
2: that's even your real name. Hey, <laughs> fed. Fed.
0: <laughs> that's enough. This this conversation is over. <laughs> Now he's giving out <laughs> rules.
2: Oh, he always rules with an iron fist and an attitude.
0: My voice will be heard. Speaking and... of the voice, <laughs>
1: <There you go. laughs> are we? Have we? You guys have done all right. Can we just have a little cap off with uh, the end of um, the show with a little bit more about Australia, you Australia? I'm to get it Please, up. Do. Please do. horse trailer. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, fires are sort of burning around, which is not good. Um, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> fires are burning around. Um, there's been also a flood straight after a fire. There's been a couple of houses lost, etc. probably more by now. It was yesterday's um, reports I was reading. That's not good. So we're getting into that season and lots of fear about it, like I reported on last week. Um, Yeah, we've been through the target, the green targets. But, yeah, coming up to the... Sorry, I'll try to speak a little bit slower. Coming up to the referendum on the fourteenth of October, which is in ten days from our now, um, is it's getting very nasty <laughs> and more divisive and very dirty. It's been pretty dirty all the way along, but the p- hypocrisy is just through the roof. The government is just—it's just absolute deliberate deception. Um. This one is a particularly <laughs> deceit deceitful um, thing. If we just play from, have oh, you got that queued up? You have. Um, there's these sandwich boards that are being set up at the entrances of uh, the electoral polling booth because there's some early votes going on already. Um, let's just play this. It pretty much says it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sorry if I it up too early i did not mean that's to do okay that. <laughs> that's okay um yeah and just let me know We're still getting our you're flow ready, it's fine. uh whenever you're ready for me to stop and i'll um i'll pull it at name. that time and advance yeah. it a little further
1: no worries name is garth it is garth so. hamilton two first names
0: <laughs> hamilton's not a first name
1: i've known a hamilton hello hamilton shout out if you happen to be listening
2: Hey, so Hamilton. there you go, Keel.
0: Way to have a last name as a first name, Hamilton.
2: Raspberry. <laughs>
3: and
0: guess what? His last name was Lee. Two first names.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> Lee is a last name. Come on. <laughs> well, he was Chinese.
2: Can I play this? <laughs> yeah, sorry.
6: <laughs>
3: go. Go. See well, for a thing that was supposed to bring Australians together, it's doing exactly the opposite, and uh, even more so uh, after uh, October 14, believe you me. Um, I'm struck also by the Australian Electoral Commission, Garth Hamilton. It says that these yes campaign signs, uh, which are in the official Commission, Electoral Commission's purple colour, its distinctive purple colour, what a big coincidence that is. Um, It says it could confuse voters that it is from the Electoral Commission itself, so they should be pushed back from the entry to polling booths. But I'm told they're not being pushed back much at all. Um, In fact, uh, Craig Kelly, the former MP, has sent me photos of them not being pushed back uh, at all. Should the Commission be tougher on this? Because this colour scheme does not seem to be an accident.
6: Look, I think they should be pretty tough on this. I remember not that long ago going through an election where integrity was the issue. Uh, I, I remember the Australian people uh, speaking very strongly, responding very strongly in the last election on that issue. What we've got here is a case of... Oh, sorry, US I was muted. That'll do. Sorry. Being ...deliberately deceptive. Now, the AEC hasn't changed their colours. There's no confusion. Just pause that for a They have absolutely chosen.
1: Yep. Okay. So for those who are listening, um, there was some sandwich boards that we were looking at and there's uh, a particular colour which um, see that link that I just dropped in the chat there? Could you please put that up and show us? Yeah. You're about to show us the Australian Electoral Commission website and it's going to show you the same colour of purple that they have chosen for these yes vote sandwich boards, okay? So if you hear what I'm saying here, it's like it's quite a – see, okay, see that purple there? It's quite a distinct plum purple, Um. And that's exactly pretty much the same colour. Well, I think it is exactly the same colour that they've chosen for the sandwich boards, which have vote yes written on it. So psychologically, people are going to – and these are right at the entrances, so it's one of the last things. There's rules about you can't put anything that's sort of promotey or, you know, uh, within uh, six metres of the polling booth entrances, uh, which is about 19 feet, just under 20 feet. Um, so there's rules about that. So they're just like at the absolute closest they can possibly be right next to the entrance. So that's the last thing people see as they enter. Um, and it looks like it looks very official. Like it, people could easily s- even subconsciously look at that and, and see, yes, and the Australian Electoral Commission colour and think, oh, there's some official thing. And just it's just very psychological that they've done it. It's very, very deceptive. Um, so yeah, I just, that was just a little example of how (laughs) dirty this has become. That's absolutely misleading what they did there.
2: Yeah. And I do think that it's interesting, and this is something that I have, um, shout out to our buddy, Jen. This is something that I have started paying more attention to. So I would, I was definitely aware of the influence of colors through, like, the scarlet red, right? Like, the the horror Mm -hmm. Babylon, the Scarlet Woman, black and white, checkerboard, stuff like that. But in um, hearing him talk about some of this stuff, the colors matter a lot more than I really even realized. And I believe that this color purple reminds me of uh, what Brad Binkley is talking about, Stacey Abrams, all the time. Like, this giant purple woman, because she's always wearing this royal purple-looking color, like to gain trust, acceptance. And that is the same color that I'm seeing popping up here. It looks like a royal color.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. I was just about to read out. I just put a little color wheel in there. I don't know if you want to bring that up on screen. You don't have to. But I'll just read out what purple – there's a psychology of color wheels here, and it's just got a bunch of words under each color, sort of what it generally insinuates. I'm, as a graphic designer, I often take this sort of stuff into account, as we all do. Um, so purple generally represents wealth um, and mystery, fantasy, imagination, royalty, spirituality, justice, and art. So that's sort of gen- the very generalisation of what it kind of represents. Um, so, yes, that's it's all psychology. It's all also at the very last thing before people enter. They know that. Um, so, yeah, that's basically just what I'm pointing out the dirty works that they're now, using
0: an absolute deception why doesn't why don't the no people put out purple signs also right next to the yes signs just to make the voters even more confused or at least so confused that they won't pick yes automatically
1: well i guess that would be one way to fight fire with fire sort of thing but um I don't know. man. I really can't answer that question. Maybe they just didn't think of it. Maybe they just don't need to get that down and dirty because they're actually on the the honest side. They're standing for, you know, truth.
0: And Uh, who are the people that are putting up the yes signs? The government, I suppose. I mean, the minions. Isn't that an inherent conflict of interest? Like I can imagine it'd be okay if like a super PAC or whatever the equivalent, would be down there in Australia. If they Lobby were funding, yes. yeah, lobbyists would be funding these signs to put up. How could the government possibly do that?
1: I don't know. I can't answer that question. I don't know who funds. I mean, it's the government is pushing for the yes vote. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not really sure.
2: Yeah. So like yep. the the whole thing. Okay. So I want to chime in here that Stella has a series that she is, participating in um, with, well, I'll let her tell you about it, but she so far a three-part series, but my understanding is that it's a continuation. So, and it goes pretty in-depth into this subject of what the whole thing is about. My guess in this particular situation is that is the lobbyists, is the people that are pushing and going along with this government movement to For Yes. Um, And so let me know when you want me to roll the second part of this. But also, um, I was hoping you could give a little blip about uh, your voice episodes and kind of what those have, you know, been about so far.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, So I'll plug the You're Missing the Point, M-I-S-S-E-N, You're Missing the Point. That is a podcast uh, run by a fellow Australian here from Victoria, Drew Missing. Shout out, Drew uh occasionally we get together with one or two other people and um talk about well just trying to explain the voice and try to you know look under the bonnet and the guts of what's really going on and what things mean and trying to explain it to people in a more simple way it's it's complicated so yeah i mean i struggle a little bit sometimes but um so yes there's some uh, three parts so far series uh, there'll probably be another one i guess maybe before pro- definitely after i would say um you can listen to that so it's miss you're missing the point the voice uh, with stella and wade uh there's three parts you'll see it part one part two part three um not consecutive so what else did i want to say there um oh there's just so much to say but uh, yeah well, let's roll that second bit i can't quite remember what it was now um, yeah
2: Yeah, I think, um, well, part of one thing that you were saying that definitely is a good point is that there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of agendas and there's a lot of lying about the real intentions of this um, is what I have gleaned and gathered from listening to your work on this topic.
1: Yeah, um, there's, I think there's, you know, groups that are also getting money to sort of, you know, do all this sort of thing, like generous grants being given out. So there's lots of yeses Because there's lots of money being thrown around, and the people, the um, indigenous sort of people that are, you know, I mean, they're standing up saying vote yes, vote yes. But there's indigenous elites basically. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of money that has is unaccounted for and isn't. You know, I mean, there's forty billion dollars or something per year that goes out into these, supposedly, goes out to indigenous issues, et cetera. Not really sure where that's going. Um, and even one people. person alone over a few years has been given an incredible amount of money, and yet, um, you look up, you know, some of the communities up the very top of Queensland, et cetera. They're just they're like a third world country. So where's all this money going? You know,
2: right? I think it's it's a very similar theme, and we've talked about it a lot. But it's it's people being co opted and basically serving as you know a Judas type character to the cause. Um, and I think it's happened a lot in a lot of different areas like here in the states as well and i think it kind of reminds me of companies that are willing to cut off their nose to spite their face such as the bud light incident because they aren't actually suffering they are getting uh bankrolled on the back end from like the the blackrock the vanguard this diversity equity and inclusion push kind yep. of stuff so you think that they are making a sacrifice or that they are losing money but that's not the case
0: mm-hmm. okay yeah i don't think um, the, the bud light incident was about cutting off your nose though ashley
2: it was about cutting off something
1: <laughs> let's not get into the nose territory
2: anyway um
1: <laughs> who knows
0: anyway really who <laughs> <He> knows <laughs>
1: I don't know. Do we, do we want to keep going or are we pretty right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's okay. uh, right, finish well. up and we're going to roll this. And then whenever right. you're ready for me to stop, you just let me know.
3: I will. Thank you. Well, I think you nailed it right there. Um, there is an argument, Garth Hampton, from the Yes campaign that really disturbs me. It's something the prime minister keeps saying, you know, is keep saying, uh, you know, uh, if we don't vote for the voice, things won't change, they'll just be the same. I'm thinking, really? And it's exactly the same message that the Yes campaign's latest ad also picks up on and that Noel Pearson also picked up on today. If we don't vote for The Voice, nothing will change.
1: What if I told you
4: that our infant mortality rate is twice as high as non-Indigenous babies?
1: That they'll grow up half as likely to
4: find employment
1: and will face a life expectancy that's eight years less than the rest of the country.
3: A no vote means no progress. There's no plan B. Mate, I've been at this for 30 years, working on these problems from the ground up. And I'm telling you that there is no plan B. No will be a disaster for all of us. We will all lose, including the no campaign. Jonathan, my point is this if these bozos keep saying well uh, you know if we vote against the voice everything's going to just be rubbish like it was under us before every single leader who keeps saying that should resign because they if the voice goes down they will have no answers they're asleep at the wheel they're waiting for someone to tap them on the shoulder to do uh, what he's doing there's plenty of people doing that right now plenty including government agency if they can't improve on their performance, then out they go. And they're saying it through their own mouths that so we can't do it.
6: Is it extraordinary, Andrew? I mean, if you're an MP and you're not already listening to your communities, you're not doing your job. Um, and so that that's, should be the first disqualify here. But the second one, and, and look, to be honest, I don't take this too kindly. The suggestion that Australia hasn't been growing and improving and getting better and better every single year. Uh, is is one I find offensive. You know, we're a country that has absolutely pushed the boundaries of Western democracy. We've been a leader across the world. And there, there is no way, there is no way you can look at the lives of you know, people like uh, Neville Bonner and and, and suggest that, that there isn't a, a significant change in, in, in how Australia works and the, the relationships, the opportunities that are there uh, for Indigenous Australians and Look, goodness me, if, if there's no better story, no better example of this than Andrew, our Western democracy right now is being protected by an Aboriginal woman. If that doesn't says say everything you need to know about our quality of opportunity, the openness, the freedom, how we're willing to support leaders, then I don't know what does. This is a great country, and I'm sick of the Yes campaign. I'm sick of Mr. Albanese
3: talking us down.
1: Yeah, that'll probably do. I think yes, that might uh, be. Thank you
3: for raising in the uh, end, anyway. Price, uh, I mean.
1: Yeah, so that uh, Aboriginal gentleman that we saw talking um, after the very <laughs> pathetically heartstring-pulling ad, which was about, you know, babies dying, basically, um, he is, he's is he been at it, as he said, himself for a long time. Um, however, he's one of the people, he's one of the elites. <laughs> Let me just read this. Indigenous activist Noel Pearson, a lawyer trained in Melbourne years ago by the Jewish law firm Arnold Bloch Liebler, has emerged as a capable advocate for Aboriginal affairs. However, his recent support for the UN Voice to Parliament campaign has exposed what could only be, at best, hopeless mismanagement of half a billion dollars of government largesse handed out over nearly two decades or more, or at worst, misappropriation, which has achieved no tangible outcome for Aboriginals. And uh, if I could just read this one little bit here, talking about the... Peninsular communities up in um, Queensland, like the very tip. It's very, very remote up there. Uh, Most peninsular communities are equal to third world countries. No jobs, no money, poverty, government, indifference, no pride. And I don't mean that kind of pride, the old stuff. Rampant absenteeism, um, alcoholism, drug use, domestic and sexual violence, and worst of all, very poor diets because nutritious food is either unavailable or too expensive. Uh, Diabetes is rife, because a lot of them are alcoholics, Um, and protein such as beef or pork is beyond reach in the supermarkets that exist up there. Um, All 14 Aboriginal communities on the peninsula have similar issues, some worse than others. Income is largely dependent on government, yada yada. Uh, But then it goes on to say, health services are exceptional. So big farmers in there, well-funded, and hospitals are as good or better than in the south. Many of the older people from every community have experienced a disproportionate number of deaths since the COVID inoculation program began nearly three years ago. Cemeteries are full of brand new headstones and their number on appearance uh, over the past two decades seems to have almost caught up to the earlier number of graves for the preceding 10 years or more. Uh, Similar to the general population, excess deaths too have showed up in these struggling communities since the advent of mRNA gene altering vaccination programs. So, yeah, you don't really hear about that stuff very often. Um, I just happened to stumble over that because I was looking up Noel Pearson a little bit. Hmm. Uh, It's a bloody disgrace. Um, Where's all that money going?
0: All right, Stella. So play devil's advocate for us here. We understand that this, the voice, if it passes, is going to redefine the Indigenous peoples in the eyes of the The big federal government, right? For whatever their reason. So my question is, Mm -hmm. if it if it passes, how is this going to be good for them? It's the stated purpose is to improve their station. So what what is the rationale behind it? Oh, the rationale.
1: So for your average Joe who doesn't pay much attention, the the rationale is, it'll give the Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders who are considered the Indigenous of Australia, are more of a voice in what happens to them in, within government. Now, they already have, and I've said this before, they already have a, a number of representatives in government. They already have a huge amount of money going out into different Aboriginal programs and plans and what have you. I used to be part of one myself doing graphic design. Um, so there is a huge amount of money already. There's already things happening. This is about the essence of it in the big picture. The tip of the arrow is it, it's a land grab.
0: Okay, I, but nobody knows would... that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying, all to, that stuff. I'm trying to wrap my head around um, what, what is the what is the mechanism that'll give them a bigger voice? Do they get two votes to the to the average Australian's one vote, or is how is that supposed to give them? A bigger voice that's what i don't get
1: i don't know if anyone gets that to be quite honest because the the uh, prime minister himself is he has basically said uh let's just get this through we'll work out the details later Ah, uh, one of those
0: things yeah we have, we uh, and, and just better.
1: to <laughs> just to recap um there's a thing called the uluru statement of the heart which was a th- treaty that got signed uh, a few years ago and. This has come into it because this is sort of part of, you know, working towards where the supposedly the Aboriginals want to be, or well, some of them do, but, um, and that's the thing where the uh, current Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, um, said it's one A4 page, whereas it's actually a 26-page document, which he himself admitted he hasn't read. There's no need, no need to read it. Oh, he probably has by now, but that was a few weeks ago, but um. Yeah, he said, "No, I don't need to read it. It's just one document. It's one one page. One page. Simple as that." No. So, um, yeah, mass, mass, mass deception. This thing is just it stinks to high heaven. So, hopefully, people yeah. will come to. To yep, yeah, sorry.
2: Oh, uh, I was going to say that the a couple things. First of all, I do think this is important. Some people may wonder why they should care about it because it's happening in australia well guess what in a globalist world where australia canada the united states great britain you know the uk europe are all kind of being lumped together this matters this is potentially precedent setting and they are using this as a a trial balloon to see how it goes over here, and I guarantee you that you're going to be seeing maybe not the exact same iteration of this type of thing, but you will be seeing it in Canada, in the U.S., and England, other places as well. So that's number one why I think it's important um, for us to pay attention to it. Um I forgot what my second point was. Sorry, Stella.
1: <laughs> that's a great, no, don't apologize. That's, that's a really good point because that is exactly right. And this is about, you know, breaking the sovereignty of the Indigenous people um, peoples because that does put a spanner in the works for the plans that they want to push through. But, yeah, it's oh. going to be a bloody nightmare if it goes through. Um, yeah, Sorry.
2: I was just going to say, I did, I remembered my um, second point was that uh, the rhetoric of do pass now, worry about what's in it later. That has mm-hmm. been well stated here in uh, the United States. I mean, Trump even said, you know, like take the guns now, ask questions later. Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi was uh, talking about something similar on a, a bill that they were working on. So right. that type of rhetoric is all getting out in other places.
0: All right. I think it's part of the ploy. I think that was part of Obamacare when they were passing that. Was uh get it? We have to pass it now because these are important things, and we have to help the people, and we have to get this through. Doesn't matter what it says. We have to get it through, and we can sort out the details later. You know that was that was yeah. the energy behind it.
1: Yeah, I mean, who who would fall for that? Imagine a business deal. Most people. Here, do. Let's just do a sign
0: here.
1: Well, yeah, unfortunately, that is correct. Most people do. They still trust the government, some of them. I mean, there is. We, we, we have to keep remembering. We're so far down the track, we kind of tend to forget that there's still people walking around
0: out there that trust the government still. Um, yeah,
1: we have no yeah. freaking idea
0: about any of this stuff. People who think rationally about these things and take the time to look into them or ask a question at all, uh, are, they're less than 1% you know we used to talk about Mm -hmm. the one percenters and whatever that's that's kind of like how who we are we're a very small percentage of the population almost everybody on the planet doesn't give a second thought to any of this stuff
1: sad but true It i'll just read this little last bit that i found on the uh Australian Electoral Commission. It's kind of amusing. So it's just. It, the question is, and it's got all these drop-down menus, I won't read the whole thing, but the question is, when can a referendum be held? And it just goes through the process of what has to happen with writs, et cetera, which is basically like a court order, and it has to happen within a certain time of the writ. And the last sentence is, a referendum period from the issue of writs to polling day has a minimum of 33 days. 33 days. Wow,
2: 33. Where have we seen that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely everywhere.
0: Oh, no. It's everywhere. And uh, now I got a question, another question for you, Stella. Mm. Australians are required by law to participate in the voting process. Are are you allowed to, like, walk up there and mark abstain when you vote? Or do you have to vote for one or the other? Is there an option? Particularly Uh-oh. in
1: this situation with a referendum, there's a yes or a no. Hmm. That's wow. it. Um, and and Drew actually, shout out Drew again, uh, put up something in... The, where was it? Telegram. Anyway, it was uh, from the Australian Electoral Commission. And I actually haven't... I should double-check this before I say it, but anyway. Um, and it said if... If someone's in the same area, because you've got to sort of you go in and you get your name, um, sort of marked off on a pa- piece of paper like a book, not not a computer, so it's manually. They get their ruler and they mark this little line next to your name. So that's like, and they always ask you, "Have you voted today?" And it's sort of, you know, you don't you don't put your hand on the Bible or anything, but you, so it relies on honesty. It's funny, isn't it? How often this stuff comes down to just general everyday honesty. Mm. So yeah, you either say yes or no, and then if you say No, they give you this huge, huge bloody – it's massive, this ballot paper. like a metre long. Um, And uh, you go off into your booth and they give you a pencil. But I do urge people to bring their own pen, make it black, and uh, then you make your vote. So then, apparently, if you're in the same area and you go to another voting booth and you vote again and someone somehow knew – they have no, there's no legal right that they can sort of get your vote and like take it out of the bin or anything. It, it's untouchable. So because of a breach of privacy, they just sort of have to let that one go. And they just, they just say, you know, it doesn't, double votes don't happen very often. It's usually, it's usually a mental health problem or age. Sure. I read,
2: I read that blip that you shared about that. And it's like, That was like, true oh, that she did that,
1: but yeah, it's amazing, isn't
2: it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll
0: have to double check that, but um Yeah i'd very odd i know it's a pipe Mm. dream but one of these days i'd like to see voting records put on a a blockchain so that each voter gets a unique (sighs) place on the blockchain and then it's just publicly available and you can you've got your number so you can look up and say yep that's how i voted
3: right and then you you, can
0: and you can count the tally and then there's mm -hmm. a there's a public record of it i mean it's so simple but That's one of the great things about blockchain technology is that you can make a big, unique list of, you know, big, unique uh, ledger that exists forever as long as electricity exists.
2: Yeah, they don't want election Mm. integrity, really. Mm. I mean, obviously. (laughs) And who knows if the uh, New World Order (laughs) considers themselves a democracy, even in name. (laughs)
0: Oh that yeah. was your thing. The guy was saying oh we've we've been a leader in Western democracy blah blah blah. And I'm like, is that really a compliment <laughs> being?
2: I know, know I, I thought did. that too. <laughs> and I I commented in the chat that uh, Garth is full of shit and I'm kind of tired of the soccer <laughs> boy because he's what? full of it. Yes. One quick thing before we wrap up, because Stella reminded me I had a a little highlighted quote Um, back to my story. I'll be quick here, but it says, but speaking on the House floor, Gates said chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. One thing that the White House, House Democrats and many of us in the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think 33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a 2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos.
0: Hmm. Is is Gates uh, working against the the big system? And that's no. Uh, no. No,
2: I mean, he was literally the leader of the hateful eight that voted with the Democrats ousting the guy for voting with the Democrats. So,
0: yeah, but I'm saying if he's dropping these signals of 33 and saying he believes like he's telling us 33 is chaos, that's the bad stuff. Not voting. I, against. If, if,
2: if he said 33 is chaos, I think it would be to implement that into your mind. Like to drop a little um dark magic nugget. That's what I
0: think. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Dark magic nugget.
1: A dark magic <laughs> nugget. There's, so a, there's we'll the title of this game game. episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Listen of all the way through, motherfuckers. <laughs> dark magic uh, nugget. Sort of shout out,
0: Justin. <laughs> <What>?
2: <laughs> we do miss that little guy.
0: Yeah, he needs to come back. Yeah. Oh, alas, he
2: maybe Baby, come back! <laughs> you can play it all on kill.
0: Yeah, <laughs> nice. All right. On that note, uh, I want to <laughs> thank Ashley and Stella for your stories and insights. And I want to thank the listeners for listening to us for this long. I think we went a little bit over the, the hour mark, but that's Okay. Sorry
1: all about the soapbox at the beginning. There.
0: Stuff. No, no, no. It's all good stuff. All good. Um, I'm going to try to post this. Uh, I'm trying to get this all set up before like before I go to bed tonight. So it'll be out on Rockfin so that people listening there will be prepared for tomorrow and they can turn off their phones and not turn into zombies. Oh,
1: yeah. But <laughs> good luck with the zombie apocalypse, everyone.
0: Yeah. By the time most of you <laughs> will hear us, it'll be Saturday and who knows what, what the world will look like at that point. So good luck to all of us survivors. Hopefully we'll, we'll, still, we'll bump into each other at some point.
1: I love the um, smell of zombies in the morning.
0: <laughs> if, there is, if there is no zombie apocalypse tomorrow at 2.20 in the afternoon, Ashley, how can the listeners get a hold of us?
2: Well, Kiel, I'm glad you asked. They can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That is our Linktree page, and it has all the many and various ways to touch base with us. If you are so inclined, please feel free to do so. We love hearing from you. And you can find me at Union Unknowns over on the uh, Unknowns Twitter page, just uh, mixing it up with myself most of the time because we don't have any engagement there, but whatever. <laughs>
0: we got lots of engagement all right folks uh stella anything insightful to say at the end for perhaps our last show um
1: just yeah wear a hat so you zombies don't eat your brains um (laughs) keep your tinfoil hat on yep
2: nothing else all All the best everyone that's good advice stella love your guts
1: but i'm not a zombie
0: All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, subscribers, and (laughs) everyone else who enjoys the show. We are the Union of the Unknowns, and we are out! Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.
2: That was a fun one, people.